Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Going Deep with Aaron Watson. My guest today is a Snapchat influencer, a branding strategist, and an all-around really sharp chick, Saba Sadiji was actually introduced to me through a Snapchat for Business webinar after following her account and seeing the really cool content that she's creating and stories that she's putting together. I had to have her on the show to share some of her insight with you guys so you could learn a little bit more about this platform that's exploding that uh, I've covered in a few previous episodes. If you missed those episodes 87 through 89, we covered Snapchat in depth and we're doing another little series here because I've been getting a lot of questions about it, a lot of people interested in learning more. So Saba talks a lot about how she thinks about creating her content and the work that she's doing in the Snapchat space. Uh, She reiterates that it is a time for education. It's a time to be learning this platform and that it's still really early. Brands, businesses, individuals are still just figuring out how to use it. And since updates are constantly coming out, everyone has to learn how to use it because there's always new features coming down the pipe. So please make sure that you pay close attention because Saba has a lot of wisdom to share. And uh, without further ado, I'll let you take it away with my interview with Saba Siddiqui. So Saba, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm really excited. Yeah, thank you for having me. So I always, you know, try to give a good intro and explain, you know, why I wanted to have a guest on and how much that the audience can learn from the people that are coming on the show. And sometimes a term like a marketing strategist or a social media expert can be a little broad for people. So I wanted to start off by just giving you the opportunity to introduce yourself in a little more detail and explain uh, the type of work that you do and and just add a little bit more detail to that description. Yeah, of course. So uh, yes, I'm a marketing strategist, but more importantly than that, I specialize within Snapchat. So I teach companies, I teach brands, I teach entrepreneurs how to utilize Snapchat for their brand. And so what that includes is, you know, helping people understand the features, the tools, how to storytell and how to really make sure that when you're using Snapchat, you're using it in in a way that is optimizing your content and that you're getting the value that you're looking for. So I provide uh, in-person workshops, I've co-created courses, I provide consulting, and I'm actually a content creator myself. So um, I have worked with clients and created content for them. Yeah, and I can attest, uh, having been following your Snapchat account for the last few weeks, it's it's uh, very unique compared to a lot of the other stories that are out there. It's not just people staring into the camera, just talking. Uh, you, you, it's artistic. It, it's always captivating. So I can definitely attest to the quality of your work there. I'm curious because I know that you've been on Snapchat for a while to learn a little bit more about when you realized there was an opportunity to leverage your expertise, to leverage your fluency on the platform for a business opportunity to help brands, to help people who were just becoming familiar with it last year or this year or in the more recent months? Yeah, for me, it was very gradual. I mean, as you know, Aaron, like Snapchat has been around for a quick minute now since 2011. But even though it has been around, so much of the core functionality that we use today was introduced in the last two years. And so it really was a very, very slow progression. And and with Snapchat, what happened was is that I was using it with my you know personal group of friends and just 
people who were able to discover me through having their my phone number and their phone book, really. I wasn't really promoting it and creating that visibility that is needed to really grow your audience. And when I started doing a podcast and when I started really focusing on it on live streaming, when it was really hot, I realized that, you know, Snapchat is kind of that medium that is in the middle. So it's real time that, you know, the content is only there for 24 hours, but it doesn't force you to consume in real time. And I think there was that really big sweet spot that a lot of people were missing and a lot of people were complaining about live stream, but they were also kind of complaining about platforms like Instagram and Facebook and saying, you know, well, all these things get archived, so it doesn't create any urgency. And so that was the time when I started, you know, thinking, why don't I just start focusing more and more on Snapchat? And it was very gradual. I started just, you know, experimenting different types of stories. And that's how my aesthetic was kind of born was how do I make sure that every single Snapchat that I submit to my story is something captivating, engaging, fun and creative. And that's really how I measure whether a Snapchat is of good quality or not, is making sure that it has all four of those components. Because a lot of times we forget that although they're 10 seconds, they can be very long for some for consumption. So it was probably mid 2000. 15 that I was really doubling down and I decided to go all in. And it's it's really interesting too that you talked about finding that aesthetic, finding out how to storytell on the platform and be interesting for an audience where, you know, the decision to to jump to the next thing whether it's the next story or a different platform or to a different screen, it can be so quick. It's hair trigger to keep that attention going is is really a challenge. And with all these different features, adding stickers, adding geo filters and lenses, how have you tested different aesthetics or different styles to their effectiveness and whether or not they were resonating with the audience that you were building? Yeah, so you said two things, right? There's aesthetic and there's audience. So one thing I want to caution everyone is that um, you have to know your audience and you have to understand what type of content you are conditioning your audience to have tolerance or want to grab their attention with, right? So there are a lot of people, for example, um, I'm assuming you know your audience is going to be familiar with someone like Gary Vaynerchuk. Gary Vaynerchuk is putting out a lot of motivational speaking content, right? Now, I go through all of his content because that's what I want to hear from him. And now, so for my content, I haven't made my Snapchat a hub for my information. I'm pushing them more to my blog post or my podcast for that. And so what I'm doing is, for me, it's showcasing them the storytelling and the things that I'm teaching. So the first thing you have to do is you have to decide what you want your audience to consume and what type of audience you have. And there's a very, very happy medium within those uh, you know, two pieces of criteria. Once you have figured out that, then you have to decide the next step, which is how am I going to creatively execute on that content to make sure that the the people that are watching that content are going to be tuning in, right? And so for me, if I'm talking about the new G, like the new Google keyboard, or if I'm talking about, you know, the lenses, or if I'm showing, you know, an experience at a restaurant, I have to make sure I'm executing that content and I'm creating that content in a way that is engaging for my audience. Because there's ways that I can create that content that is going to make people actually opt out of the content before, you know, even they get through the second or third snap within that narrative. That, that makes a lot of sense. In in terms of uncovering these techniques that are keeping people engaged, uh, I'd imagine you're doing some form of consumption of other people, like you mentioned, Gary Vaynerchuk's and other influencers who are on these platforms and not necessarily stealing what they're doing, but you know taking it. And, and that's what art is. You're adding your own flavor to a style of engagement. 
what mistakes when you're out there consuming other people's content do you see others making that you are very conscientious to avoid? Yeah, so the first one is not putting in an intro or introducing something. You know, it's not like you have to say, oh, hey, this is what I'm going to be talking about, but at least say like a hello or put the date or kind of show that this is kind of the beginning, some sort of indication. That really helps because it shows intention. And when people see intention in your storyline, when they click on it, they know that you put some sort of thought into it. And for that reason alone, they're going to tune in to see what you thought about posting versus someone who seems like they're always haphazardly just posting things to their story. So that would be the first thing. The other mistake I constantly see is that people drag out their content too long. So for example, there's very few people that are able to get away with this. For example, Mark Suster is able to get away with this. Justin Kahn is able to get away with this. But let's not forget these people already have very large followings and they're very, very credible in their space. But if you're just, you know, someone who's building your audience, you want to find where your sweet spot is. And I see so many people oversaturating their story with content and overproducing and that creates lower retention. So those are the two main things that I've really, really noticed. And within that, there's obviously you know not using the tools not using the features and you know not really being finding a way to stand out and I think finding a way to stand out is the most important thing you can do because that's when someone else is going to tell someone else about your account right if someone asked you Aaron you know who do you think uses all the features all the time whether it's good or bad I'm hoping that I'm going to be one of the people that you say and that's what I'm aiming for for word of mouth yep. Yeah, with, without a doubt, if anyone would ask me that question, you'd probably be one of the first first people that I referenced. I want to step a little bit outside of actual creating on Snapchat for a bit and talk on a higher, higher level about iSocialStream and the work you're doing to consult with these different brands and your other methods of bringing in clients and finding people to work with. We first connected over one of your webinars, Snapchat for Business, that you were running with Carlos Gill. And you have the podcast, you have other speaking engagements. Um, I'm curious just to unpack a little bit more about how you decided to build a strategy for finding clients to consult with and work with and what you've learned in the process of uh, launching these other tentacles of your brand, I guess you could say. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's iStream social. And, um, the reason that it was born was sort of, you know, I needed to find a way to really help these organizations and companies. But as you know, Aaron, the market is still very ripe for Snapchat. And so what I mean by that is that there is still an education gap as to what Snapchat is actually capable of doing. And I think that until you actually create content and you're actually fully invested or either you know 80% invested into storytelling and creating a narrative, you don't understand the power of Snapchat. So one of my main strategies for making sure that I'm able to reach the target audience that I'm looking for is to actually hold workshops. So I'm a instructor at General Assembly, which is a uh, co-working network that provides a lot of, you know, additional training for product people, for coders, for, you know, digital marketing. They have a whole array of, array of classes. And so um, I partnered with them and I'm providing um, their audience and their network uh, Snapchat for business courses. And this is a really, really great way for me to not only introduce Snapchat as a very credible and very legitimate channel for marketing, but it's also a way for them to start 
consuming the content a little bit. So this workshop is three hours. It's very, very well-rounded. There's everything that you really need to know. I mean, I didn't really hold back in terms of when I created the content. There's not pieces that I sort of left out so they could hire me. I mean, you get everything up front. And what this creates is a lot of urgency and a lot of understanding and that moment that it clicks. And that's what I'm trying to get. And um, so that's one of the main reasons. The other ones is speaking at events like social media marketing world, uh, like the National Association of Broadcasters. I'm going to be speaking with Carlos at the social recruiting summit that's coming up in Dallas. And so just finding ways to get in front of very large audiences and talk about Snapchat in a way that is translatable to their organization is really important right now in the marketplace. But maybe, you know, in six, eight months, the strategy has to change. But currently, that's where the market is. And in addition to that is my content creation um, services that I do provide, which is, you know, okay, you don't understand how you can use this, you don't have the resources, you can invest in content creation. And if you like what you what you received, or you like sort of that mini case study, then we can kind of scale it. And I can train someone to actually do this for you full time. Yeah, that is fantastic, actual explanation of how, how you are executing on your strategy. Another part of that is the live streaming that you're doing. And that can fall under that same umbrella of maybe someone just saw Facebook Live launch a few months ago and saw a couple videos show up on their newsfeed, not really sure how this works or why people are using it. But this has been a similar trend that has started a few years ago and is really just starting to crescendo. What attracted you to the live streaming world and why do you think that that's so important for brands to leverage? Yeah, so one of the things that initially really attracted me to live streaming before I decided to sort of pivot a little bit and double down on Snapchat was that live streaming forced you to be very authentic and it wasn't something that they could schedule out ahead of time. And that's the one thing, that's one of the major things that Snapchat and live stream has um, in common is that, you know, you can't queue it up in your Hootsuite a week before and have the content go out, right? I mean, you're creating that content the moment it's happening. There is someone there to engage with you. That real time within that 24 hour span or within that moment is really important for social media and community building. And so I think when you look at social media as a whole, I think we're moving towards that more and more. And that's what people are looking for. Even if it's in a little bit more of a closed space, I think it provides more value to the end consumer. You you mentioned that you have to be adaptable and that the strategy could easily change four, six, eight months down the road. Do you allow yourself to look, you know, five, 10 years down the road as where, you know, this landscape of platforms that we're interacting on are constantly changing and constantly evolving. At least what I see is that there's a lot more splintering happening. I think that's that's very obvious that it's not, you know, four channels on the TV anymore that everyone crowds around and gets tens of millions of viewers. But as this is happening, are you trying to uh, really focus on making predictions about what the next big platform will be? Or do you feel like you are more in the space of just reading the maybe tide that's coming in right now, but just ready to catch the next one once it starts to become more salient to the 
audience. Yeah, I think I think those are two different approaches that you describe. So, you know, there are people that are always looking to be sort of on the cutting edge and seeing, you know, whatever is the newest, hottest, sexiest. Um, they want to be talking about that. Right. Now, the advantage of that is that you get that initial PR and that initial like adrenaline run of everyone kind of rushing to you for that information. Now, the disadvantage to that is that you never really become an expert in any of those different tools. Right. Um, and we've seen this time and time again with people that are you know, in the social media space that, you know, first it was Meerkat, then it was Periscope, then it was another platform. And every time a platform comes out, all of a sudden, that's the one they're talking about. And I think that, you know, you can go very wide, but then you actually put in um, jeopardy the, the opportunity of going deep. And so for me personally, I actually find Snapchat to be a very, very good content creation tool and communication tool. And I am the most comfortable personally creating content and teaching about it. And I feel the most passionate. And although I could, you know, very quickly say, you know what, I'm going to learn everything about Facebook Live because that's where I think the future is going to be or virtual reality. I think for me sticking to what I feel like I can not only provide the most value in, but I think that has its own place in the market is most important. So to answer your question, I mean, I'm not thinking five, 10 years. I mean, I think about those things, I read about them, but I don't take actionable steps until I feel like that's something that I need to adapt in order to survive, let's say, right? Um, But in terms of, you know, six to eight months, that's just, you know, if I feel like, let's say the marketplace has all the education and everyone's like, oh, I'm all in with two feet jumping in, then I'm going to focus on content creation and consulting. But since the market is really not ready for that, I'm focused a lot more on education and workshops and really, you know, getting them to understand the depth that I've been able to uncover. I hear you. That's that's really insightful. I, I feel very similarly about the excitement to go deep, as you mentioned, the, the title of this show on Snapchat. Uh, it's why I've been having these different Snapchat influencers on to kind of pick their brain and learn more about their process. And an important thing is, you know, there, there's been recently a pretty fast string of updates compared to previous years on Snapchat where new features are coming out and new capabilities. At the time of this recording, we just had the new uh, page of stickers just went up a couple days ago. And I'm curious for your own self-education process as someone who has to teach others about the platform when it's changing like this, what is your process of staying up to date and really understanding how the platform's changing as these updates roll out and adjusting your curriculum or your teaching as those changes happen? Yeah, that's a good question. So, I mean, a part of learning is practicing. And so, uh, for example, when the stickers came out, actually my apps auto update. And so yesterday morning when I was on Snapchat about to create content, there was a little, you know, notification, like you have your stickers here where the clipboard is. And so I clicked it and then, you know, I created, you know, some content around that. And so for me, it's about not only saying, you know, this is a feature, but for me to really try it out and experience it and say, you know, this is what works, this is what doesn't work. I've been very impressed at how high resolution the stickers are. So as large as you make it or as small as you make it, um, the resolution is like it maintains itself. So on on the page, it doesn't look like it's from a third party app. And so I really like those little things about the stickers. I've noticed that within the past 24 hours, people are actually using the stickers more than the emojis. Now, this could just be, you know, people are just trying it out or they they feel like the stickers are a lot more expressive of how they feel versus the emojis because the stickers have, you know, 
a lot more sort of they have a picture and then they have you know some some words some copy and so for me it's about you know understanding it learning it using it seeing how other people are using it and then I integrate it into my curriculum and I'm actually planning on putting the stickers uh within the feature section uh because I have my next workshop that I'm teaching next week so it's a good question nice yeah I mean I noticed from from starting to use them I can't quite describe it, but it's probably just the fact that the designer of those stickers works at Snapchat and isn't just the guy who makes emojis or, or girl who makes emojis. And it feels more native. It feels like those stickers are more closely tied to how I'm actually communicating to uh, others on the platform. And I've really been using it a lot in one-to-one communications, definitely like messing around with it on the story. But in one-to-one communications, it's, it's pretty easy to be silly with a sticker to add it to, to one of the pictures. Yeah, and I think it was interesting for them to introduce it within the chat initially. And so once people were kind of using it in one-on-one communication uh, within sort of a more text-based format, for them to layer it onto the you know, photo or video content that you're creating. So that was sort of an interesting move. And we've seen that Snapchat has been very, very smart with the way that they've released new product updates. And I think that that's something that it works to their advantage. For sure. Uh, this is, this has been great, Saba. I want to start wrapping up here and uh, let people know how to find you in the digital world and let you issue the personal challenge. But before we do that, is there anything I just didn't give you a chance to say? No, I mean, like, I hope that, you know, people that are listening, if you're on Snapchat, I would hope that, you know, you try to find a new feature that you can play with. And, you know, if you're not on Snapchat, maybe this conversation sort of opened your eyes to, you know, what the capabilities are. There's definitely a lot of room for experimentation. So I would I would back you up on that one. Uh, Saba, thank you so much for coming on. If people want to learn more about you, connect with you, where are the digital coordinates to find you? Yeah, so they can, you know, find me on my website, so sabasidili.com. Um, I'm thinking they might be in the show notes. Um, if not, my last name is S-E-D-I-G-H-I, um, Saba, S-A-B-A. You can also find me on Snapchat. My snap code is all over the place, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter. You know, I'm, I'm all over the web. You can find my articles and this podcast as well. So pretty easy to locate. Cool. Uh, you were correct in assuming that all that will be linked to in the show notes at goingdeepwitharen.com. Uh, make sure you check it out and connect with Saba on Snapchat so you can uh, learn a little bit about how to use the platform better. But uh, I want to give Saba the mic one last time so that she can take things away with her personal challenge for the audience. Yeah, so my actionable personal challenge for your audience would be to go on YouTube and to Google a topic that you're interested in and watch three videos about that topic. And um, the reason I say this is because I think that there's a lot of value in hearing different people's perspectives. And even if you don't agree, or even if you feel like initially that topic has no relatability to what you're doing in your life, I assure you that there's going to be a moment, whether it's the next day or, you know, in one year where you're going to think back and there's going to be something that you learn from that that you're applying or you're thinking about. That's a fantastic challenge. I uh, I strongly believe that YouTube is probably the most untapped resource for education out there. I know tons and tons of people go there to learn and do-it-yourself videos and how-to videos, but uh, there, there's absolutely so much to learn there. So I, I fully uh, support that challenge and hope everyone out there takes it. Uh, one last time, Saba, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me. We just went deep with Saba Sadiji. Hope everyone out there has a great day.
Hey everyone, hope you enjoyed that interview with Saba. Make sure that you follow us both on Snapchat. She is Saba Siddiqui, exactly as it's spelled in the description for this episode. Mine is Aaron underscore Watson. That'll also be linked to in the show notes if you go to goingdeepwithaaron.com slash podcast. And if you have not yet gotten enough Snapchat info, then make sure that you tune into our next episode with Brian Fanzo, another Snapchat influencer who is really making some moves that you need to be following. iSocial fans, if you want to look them up right now and prepare for our interview coming down the pipe this Wednesday.